Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Philemon, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Who would have ever thunk it that these 25 verses are, are as powerful as they are. They really are. If you were with us, just by show of hands, we've been with me in Philemon. You've been with me in Philemon. Okay, that's most of you. Then you know that uh, several weeks ago we started talking about, we're doing a series uh, called The Road to Forgiveness. And the first um, CD in the series, the uh, first teaching in the series is The Road to Grace. And then the second is The Road to Transformation. Today we come to the last and final teaching as we conclude the road to forgiveness. And uh, we, we, we're going to be looking um, and talking about forgiveness. I've been looking forward to this for three weeks, actually, because uh, I want to talk about the subject of forgiveness. I don't think that there's any more important of a topic than forgiveness. Why? Because every single one of us are in this room because of forgiveness. I mean, think about it. We've been forgiven. No greater need than that of forgiveness. And we have been forgiven. God has canceled our debt. God has given to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And someday we'll be with him. All because Jesus died on the cross. All because of for God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know you heard that verse a lot, but think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, anybody, you, me, anybody, would put their faith and believe in Jesus Christ. They shall be saved. This is the message that every man needs to hear. This is the message that I've committed my life to preach, to tell everybody. I live to tell people that one thing. I like to tell people I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can change anybody. And that's Jesus. Amen. Can you clap better than that? Can you clap better than that? All right. Well, my sermon's done. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And uh, all right. So, Lord, give us ears to hear your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. All who agree, said. All right. Since we are coming in for the home stretch, let's just read the whole chapter one last time. One for the gipper. We'll read it one last time. Because some of y'all will never read it again. Uh-huh, I know. So let's read the whole 
It's only 25 verses. It's not that long. So look at Philemon, I guess, one. You can't say chapter one. There's no real chapter. So Philemon, verse one. If you're looking at Philemon, verse one, say amen. amen. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to, be, to the beloved Apphia, that's Philemon's wife, Archippus, that's Philemon's son, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, Philemon, Paul says, making mention of you always in my prayers. Hearing of your love and your faith with which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints, Philemon, have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I'd rather appeal to you being such a one as Paul, I'm getting old now, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten, that means Paul led him to the Lord, I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is my own heart, whom I've wished to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For maybe, perhaps, Onesimus departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave in verse 16, are you looking at it? No longer as a slave, but more than a slave. What, saints? A beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If then you count me as a partner, receive Onesimus as you would me, Philemon. But if he has wronged you, verse 18 is very important, extremely critical. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile... Also prepare guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. The book of Philemon. Someone once said, called it, a postcard with a punch. It's a postcard with a punch. The book of Philemon is a small book, uh, but don't let the size fool you. It's one chapter, 25 verses, 
445 powerful words. It's a very personal letter to a personal friend about asking for a personal favor. One last time, we'll look at the backdrop. The year is AD 62. Paul is in a Roman prison, more like a house of rest, you know this, uh, not a dungeon. He's chained to guards and people could visit with him. Now listen, Paul, as you look at the writings of Paul, you listening? Look at me. As you look at the writings of Paul, and you look at the book of Acts, and you look in the book of uh, Timothy and all of the epistles of Paul, you can see that Paul spent a lot of time in prison. Paul had a pretty good prison ministry. For those of you that are in and out of prison, you're in good company. Paul was arrested, released, arrested, released, arrested, released. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, would you stand? Where, where are you? You know, you've been arrested, released. Where you? I was telling them last service, I was uh, looking at, uh, you know, I see that magazine Slammer. That, that magazine Slammer and then Slammer. Slammer, y'all, y'all seen the magazine Slammer? Just kind of let me, okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, for those of you that don't know, this, this magazine Slammer, it's like if you commit a crime, you know, uh, whether it's jaywalking or you murder somebody, you take a picture of you and put you in slammer. And, uh, and so I, I remember one time my son and I were looking in, at, at Slammer magazine. We saw somebody we knew from church, y'all. We were like. And then we saw him at church. We were like. I thought you were a Christian. You're a criminal. You're a criminal, man. I saw you in Slammer. So, so Paul was in prison. Paul was out of prison. Paul was in prison. The time, listen, that Paul is writing this letter, he is in house arrest. Now, later on, he's going to be arrested, and he's going to be put in prison, and then he's going to be executed by beheading. But right now, he's in house arrest, and somehow he came into contact with Onesimus, who was a runaway slave from Colossae. We don't know how. Maybe Paul, chained to the Roman guards, was out and about in the marketplace. We don't know, and maybe Onesimus met him there. We just, we don't know. But somehow, God thing, somehow he came into contact with Paul the apostle, and Paul led him to the Lord. Now, interesting enough, some years earlier, Paul led Philemon to the Lord as well. Now think about this. Onesimus is a runaway, but he can't run away from his own conscience. Onesimus is a runaway, but he can't run away from his own conscience. And while running, Onesimus is going to discover two very important things I want you to write down. Number one, that there is slavery in freedom. And number two, there's freedom in slavery. There's slavery in freedom, and there is freedom in slavery. There's slavery in freedom. Onesimus ran to Rome thinking, I am free. I can do whatever I want. Rome is a thousand miles away from Colossae. He's thinking, I can do whatever I want. I'm free. I got money that he stole from Philemon, and he can do whatever he wants. He ran to Rome thinking he's free, even though he was still a slave. He was still haunted and hunted and weighed down by sin. So even though he was free, he was still in slavery. Although he's free, 
He's still in slavery. Listen, you know what that makes me think of? That makes me think of young people today. Young people, I don't know, if you have a young person in your house, 20, 18, 19, 20 years old, maybe even younger, why are they so quick to want to get out the house? Don't they realize, or let's put it this way, they don't realize, this is why they're so quick to get out the house, because they don't realize when they get out of the house, they're going to have to pay bills. (laughs) They don't realize it. See, they, they live in your home. They leave the lights on where my parents had. They leave the lights on. They leave the water running. They, they ru- turn the shower on and then go clean their room. The water is running. I come and say, why is this water running? Well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm doing my thing, whatever. You don't realize water costs money. Electricity costs money. And when they live with you, they don't even they don't get it because they don't pay the bills. As soon as they get out on their own, all of a sudden, you go over their house, you're sitting in the dark. <laughs> they won't even turn the lights on to see you. You'll be looking at them like, wait, wait, wait. Why? Because they gotta pay the bills. Uh, parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. They don't realize stuff costs money. Food costs money. They just eat, you know, I got, you know, one of my children. I won't tell you who they are, but I'll just tell you that. Comes over my house, stands there and looks in the refrigerator and goes, y'all ain't got nothing to eat. I'm like, well, then go home. Y'all ain't never got nothing to eat. Well, then go home. We ain't got nothing to eat either. Well, look like you got a problem, don't you? (laughs) They don't realize food costs money. Things cost money. When you get out there, you are a slave to life. You got to pay your bills. And if you don't, you will be kicked out on the street. Why are you so quick to get out? Listen, young person, if you're living at home, stay a word to the wise. Stay at home, enjoy it, and listen to me, parents, I'm finna help you out. You need to thank me. (laughs) Word to the wise, stay at home and do what you're told while you're in your parents' home. Parents, say amen. Amen. And listen, if you can't do what you're told, then you know what? I'm from the old school, y'all. I'm get out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I'm catching the spirit. Get out. (laughs) If you can't do what you're told, get out. Don't let the doorknob hit you. Don't you say it. But why are you trying to get out so quickly? You're a slave to something. You, you know, you can be a slave to freedom. You're going to be a slave to something. There's also freedom in slavery. Note this. Look at verse 5 in your text. Philemon was a good master. He loved God's people and he loved God. Now, in the Roman culture, listen, it was the responsibility of the master to take care of all the needs of a slave. Some were slaves by choice. Romans 1.1, Paul introduced himself as a slave, a doulos for Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1, Peter introduced himself as a slave, a doulos for Jesus Christ. Jude 1.1, Jude introduced himself as a doulos 
of Jesus Christ, there were many who found that there was a freedom in slavery so that they willingly chose to be a slave for the rest of their life. It's very interesting. In the book of Exodus, we are told that there is a ceremony that can take place if a slave was um, owned. See, slavery in the Bible is quite different than what we think of slavery in our U.S. history culture here. But slavery in the Bible is quite different. And in the, in the, in the Bible, if a slave chose to be a slave for life. He might serve as a slave for so many years and then be set free, but he could also choose to be a slave for life. And if he did that, because he was serving under a loving master, if he did that, they would have a ceremony and they would bring the slave to the door and put his ear on the doorpost and then drive a, an awl, or it's like a, a big, thick nail, an awl, drive that nail through his ear and pin him to the doorpost. And that was significant of kind of sealing the deal that he was once a free man, but now a committed slave for the rest of his life. And then they would just kind of, they would release him and they would walk arm in arm, you know, off into the distance. But he was a slave because of choice. Listen, Why? Because he was serving under a good master. Listen at this. We, perhaps you will agree, we serve under a good master. Jesus Christ, as a matter of fact, is the best master. I'm going to wait. Jesus Christ is a good master, the best master, and he's calling every single one of us believers to be slaves. And why wouldn't we want to be a slave for Jesus Christ? He's a good master. We're under good authority. He takes care of our every need. He loves us and provides for us. And if, you're a, if you serve under a good master, you're under good authority, then you're willingly placing yourself in that place of slavery. And you should because your master loves you. Your master cares for you. And and in the Bible, if you were a willing slave, the master had to provide everything for you. Even as a slave, you could get married and have children and the master had to take care of everything. God takes care of everything for us. God gives us everything we need. He's a good master. Now listen at this. Marriage is like slavery. That never came out right every service. Okay, what I mean by this, let let me explain, let me explain. Depending on who you're chained to, it's still not coming out like I wanted to. What I'm trying to say is marriage is awesome. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Marriage is awesome. Marriage is glorious. Marriage is majestic. Marriage is the best thing ever Or if you are linked to yoke up with the wrong person, marriage can be brutal, vile, and wicked. It can be. If you're linked up to the right person, marriage is awesome. I'm married. I've been married for 28 years. I'm I'm coming on 28, 29, 28. I think I'm coming up on 29. And I've been married to... uh, my wife, my only first and only wife, Elvira, for 28 years. And I can honestly stand here and tell you, my wife is wonderful. She is a wonderful woman. I honestly, for those of you that know her, you know that. 
She is a wonderful woman. I love being married to her. I am chained to her. We are yoked together. It is awesome. For 28 years, there's nobody else I would want to be linked to. When you are linked to someone God gave you, it is great. And I still believe, perhaps, you know, you do too, but I still believe there is one man and one woman on the earth for each other. I'm going to wait while somebody acts like they know what I'm talking about. I believe there's one man and one, you know, the world is like, well, you know, there could be many. Well, you know, there could be, you know, maybe you have to find the right one. I mean, you know, after maybe three, four marriages, you kind of find the right one. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach that. Amen. 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 I'm going to say it to y'all. Keep to you say amen. amen. I'll take that. I don't believe it. I believe God created Adam. And then from Adam, he made Eve. God did not make Eve and Jessica and Lindsay and Shaniqua and, and Adam got to choose. And if it didn't work out with Jessica, well, then go to Lindsay. If it no, God didn't do that. God made one man for one woman and marriage is to be godly and holy between two, between a male and a female. You got to say that nowadays because, I mean, you don't know what you're talking about now. I got to say male and female. I believe God made it to be so between two. And God knows what he's doing. And when you're linked with somebody that he put you with, marriage is awesome. Think about this. If I was linked to somebody God didn't, I would, I'd hate marriage. I mean, think about it. Think about if I was linked up, yoked up with uh, Roseanne Barr. Marriage would be evil, wicked, and vile. But when you're linked up with somebody that God has brought you to, marriage isn't a drudgery. It isn't misery. It's not slavery. It's a blessing. Being yoked up in, in slavery to Jesus Christ, who is the quintessential, excellent model, ideal of a master, is great. Where are my people at? It is great. Now, notice in verse 17. Oh, where's time? Look at verse 17. Paul hears a story from this runaway slave, and Paul said, you got to go back because it's the right thing to do. So Paul sends this letter to Philemon saying, verse 17, Philemon, if you count me a partner, if our relationship meant anything to you, receive Onesimus as you would me. Accept him as you would accept me. Forgive him as you would forgive me. Hold no obligation against him as you would hold no obligation against me. And then in verse 18, if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account or charge it to my account. Now listen, this is awesome. Paul is talking about, I told you, small book, big meaning. Paul is talking about the doctrine of imputation. Imputation? What's that, Rodney? The word impute is an accounting term, and it means to pass to one's account. It also means to reckon. It could be translated credited. When you become a Christian, God imputed. Are you listening? When you become a Christian, God imputed or credited your sin to Jesus' account. 
Jesus took our sin on his account and then passed over righteousness to our account. Anybody happy about that? That's a blessing. And then in Romans chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Happy is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. In other words, whatever you have done wrong, listen, whatever you've done wrong in your whole life, whatever sin that you have committed this morning on the way to church, maybe you were yelling at your kids in the car on the way to church, maybe you and your husband was having some loud fellowship on the way to church, pulled up in the church parking lot, y'all just said, ah, don't you even think you're going to go in that church that all holy. Get in the parking lot, somebody, Christian comes up. How you doing? Praise the Lord. How's things going? Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Maybe, maybe that happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe on the way in the church, you cut somebody off in the parking lot. You know who you are. Whatever it is you've done wrong, God's not holding it against you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.